from today. I'm going to pray that somehow that these words would drop into your heart and become a reality for you. So for the next three Sundays while Ian is away, I'm going to be addressing topics related to mental health. Mental health is a big subject, uh, much more than just our emotions. But uh, today I'm going to be talking about anxiety. And next week, I'm going to talk about anger. And then the week after that, uh, going to be talking about depression. So all of these topics can be major, major problems. And uh, they might require professional help. Uh, but at the same time, all of us experience these emotions. Is that right? So they are a reality for every one of us. And I'll be trying to seek uh, to address these issues at a level that is relevant to us all here. Uh, and I trust that, that you will see what, that, what the Bible has to say is relevant and offers very helpful advice for us. Just be aware that uh, every one of these issues, uh, books have been written about them, so every topic is way more than you can address in one particular um, uh, sermon, um, but we're going to touch on some of these things. Well, we're talking about anxiety, and we certainly in this world have a lot to worry about. Is that right? We've just come out of COVID, and there's a threat to our health and the threat to the health of our loved ones, not only the impact of our health, but also on our economic survival. Um, and here in Zimbabwe, we have to deal with uh, our inflation, which is um, nothing like 2008, but it's just about getting there, isn't it? And so there's the worries of that. Um, in fact, the world is suffering from uh, problems financially, I think. Is our physical security just driving on our own is a threat to our physical safety, isn't it? Our education system, we worry about that, and our children. Uh, the values of this world, when right is wrong and wrong is right, and again, we think of the impact on that on, on our community and our children. Uh, th there's the war in Ukraine and Russia, and the conflict between China and Taiwan, and the conflict in the Middle East. There's so much that is unknown and uncertain. So we've got plenty of reason to worry. And then there's the everyday things that happen in our lives. The Lord has this amazing way of preparing the preacher for the sermon. So just recently, we have a, an account in the UK, a Barclays account in the UK. And they, I don't know if this happened to you, but they've decided that because I live in Zim, I can't have that account anymore. They're going to close it. And so please would they remove, they're asking me, would I remove the funds out of the account? Only they, the first uh, payment I made, uh, they uh, suspended the online facility. So they're going to close the account. In fact, they were supposed to close it yesterday. And at the same time, I can't get in to remove those, that, that, um, that money. And we have a, a significant purchase that we are trying to make in the meantime. So I talk about stress. And so I've been trying to put some of these principles that I'm going to talk to you about into practice. And not always doing it successfully, my wife will tell you. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. <clears throat> So we, get, we all have those things, don't we, that cause us concern, concerns us anxiety. Uh, many of you will know I've just stepped down from being director of the, the counseling center, 
Um, you have a Leanne, I don't know if Leanne is here today um, amongst us, she's taken over as assistant director and AE as well. But that um, stepping down uh, is a concern in terms of our own financial well-being. So we all have these events that cause us to be anxious. And then there's everyday events, of course, like giving a talk at Harvest Church on Sunday the 28th. And, uh, for example, facing a difficult person that you might need to confront or a social event where you don't know the people. And those are, those are anxiety-producing events, aren't they, that I think all of us uh, are, happen to us. And we worry. And that worry affects us. It affects us physically. <clears throat> it can affect us spiritually. Uh, we often have digestive problems, ulcers, blood pressure, muscle tension burnout, fatigue, etc. All of those things are the result of ongoing anxiety. And so I've called this talk Worried Sick, because that can what hap be, be what happens, isn't it? We worry to the extent that we, we get sick. But not only does it affect us, it affects our behavior as well, because anxiety and avoidance go hand in hand. And if you're an anxious person, you'll find yourself avoiding those things that cause that anxiety. And the problem with that is that it stops you doing what you should be doing. It stops you fulfilling God's calling on your life. It stops you being and doing the things that he asks you to do. We become fearful and timid. And as a result, instead of having the joy, joyful, abundant life that the Lord has, has for us, we end up uh, shrinking into ourselves. So how do we deal with that anxiety? We have so much to worry about, but how do we deal with it? Well, uh, Scripture, again, it's a well-known one. It's a promise that Jesus gives us, and it's a promise of his peace. So he says, I see we're having problems. Oh, no, we're not. That's different from that, I see. So uh, the promise that Jesus gave, gave us is, uh, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So there we are, guys. You can go home now. Jesus has given you the promise. <clears throat> go and have some peace. The question is, though, how do we receive that peace? How does that peace become a reality for us? You'll notice Jesus says, my peace I give you. What's the difference between the peace Jesus gives us and the peace of the world? It's real. Anyone else want to tell us what's the difference between Jesus' peace? So Jesus' peace is a peace that does not de depend on circumstance. The peace of the world is the absence of strife. Does that make sense? And Jesus demonstrated his kind of peace in his own life. Do you remember that occasion when uh, he was with his disciples? It was towards the evening, and this storm brewed on the, on the Sea of Galilee. It came up suddenly, which apparently it's apt to do. And uh, Jesus is there with his disciples. Many of them are fishermen, and they are experienced. They know what that lake is about, but they were petrified. They thought they were going to die. Do you remember that? The, the, the waves were obviously uh, sweeping over into the boat. And Luke chapter 8 says, The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. It was a serious 
situation that these guys were involved in. The boat was being swamped, obviously waves crashing over the sides, filling the boat with water. And Mark chapter 4, in the same uh, incidents, says this. There's a note of accusation here. He says, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Isn't it interesting? When things go wrong, we kind of accuse God. Is that right? So why are you doing this? So any Christ really can be a challenge to our faith. We kind of wonder, has God left us? Where is he? Why doesn't he do something? So what is Jesus doing? You see, Jesus... So let me ask you that question again. I've read my notes without thinking what I'm saying. What was Jesus doing while all of that was going on? Sleeping. How on earth was he sleeping in the midst of that life-threatening storm? And the only way he could have been sleeping was to know the peace of his father. Now that's the peace that he wants you to have. He's not going to take your troubles away. Sorry about that. In fact, he's promised you, you will have trouble. Is that right? We don't like to claim that promise, do we? But it's true. We will have trouble. But what he's promising is a peace in the midst of that trouble. So I don't know what storm you might be going through whether it's a relationship that's going wrong, whether you're in the middle of some kind of a conflict or you're having trouble in the family or some sort of economic crisis or things going wrong at work, whatever it is, Jesus is offering you his peace in the midst of that storm. And he's offering me peace in the midst of this debacle <laughs> with Barclays Bank that threatens our source of income. So how does Jesus give us that peace? How does that peace become ours? How does that peace become a reality for us? There's a short answer, but it really does lay the foundation of all that I want to say. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, God is love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So if we want to know the peace of God, we need to know the love of God. Again, we could go home there. There's so much to be said about this topic of anxiety. And a big part of our anxiety is what we believe about the events. It's what we say to ourselves all the time. And this is a big part of it. If we know in our heads, we really do know in our heads and our hearts, this unfailing love of God that God is love, that it, there is nothing bad about him, and that he's got our back, that really is the thing that will give us our peace. But I want to take some practical steps, talk about some practical steps that can help us receive this peace, make this peace a reality. And that scripture is a well-known scripture. It's Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 to 7. So let's read it together. So rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the result and the peace of God, which trans transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I want to unpack that scripture. I know it's a well-known scripture, but I want us to think about each phrase. 
he starts, the Apostle Paul starts by saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not rejoice in your situation. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, the thing is, is that when we are going through trouble, when we're going through that storm, it's very hard not to fix your attention on the waves. Isn't that right? Going through this stuff that I've been going through this last week, very difficult not to think about the implications of what's going to happen. What's going to happen? You know, the, this, this money's going to be locked up, and we've got to make this purchase, and how are we going to do this? How are we going to get the money out the bank? And so on. And Jesus says, rejoice in the Lord. Focus is so important. As you remember who he is, that he is the God of love. That he has this unfailing love for you. And be glad in that. Rejoice in that. Remember that he is the same God that is seated on the throne. And be glad about that. Thank the Lord for that. Remember that he's the creator of the universe. You know, it's all about perspective, folks. When I look at this problem, it's just so much bigger than I can deal with. So much out of my control, this, this massive organization where when you phone, all you get to do is speak to a machine. <laughs> <laughs> but when I look at the Lord, man, it's just such a small issue. It's just such a small issue. Rejoice in the Lord. The same Lord who has compassion. Says the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, abounding in love and faithfulness. When I know him and I focus on him, well then the problem diminishes. It's about perspective. Looking at the waves will make us anxious. And, she, and the Apostle Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And he says, and I say it again, rejoice. He wants us to get that. Whatever we do after this, do remember, keep your eyes fixed on him. Re rejoice in him always when things are going well and when things are difficult. Rejoice in him. And he continues, let your gentleness be evident to all. And gentleness, I think, comes from that peace in our heart, doesn't it? Let your gentleness be evident evident to all. Where do we get the gentleness from? From knowing he is near. You know, when things go wrong, as I said just now, so often we question God. Where are you, Lord? What are you doing? Why don't you do something? But whatever it seems like, and whatever it feels like, the fact is, God is near. He's never, ever going to leave us. It's a bit like the sun on a cloudy day. You can't see the sun, but it's there. And much more than that. Sometimes you can't see God. Sometimes you don't know that he's there. But he is. He has promised never, ever to leave us. And not only is he there, but he is in control. Do you remember the story of the Israelites when they traveled through the desert? They had been delivered out of Egypt. They had been taken through the, the Red Sea. Do you remember that? And they got into the desert, and there was no water and no food. And they grumbled. Do you remember that? Uh, the, the scripture says they grumbled, saying, Is God amongst us? Ezekiel uh, chapter 17, verse 7 says, The Israelites quarreled with Moses and said, They tested the Lord, saying, the Lord, Is the Lord among us or not? 
Isn't that what we so often do? So where are you, Lord? But the scripture is affirming the fact is, it doesn't matter what trouble you're going through. Really, it doesn't matter what trouble you're going through. The Lord is right there with you by your side. And then it continues, key verse is, do not be anxious about anything. So what does that mean, folks? What does it mean, do not, do not be anxious about anything? Does it mean that being anxious, being nervous is a sin? Should you never feel anxiety? I don't think so. And I, I, I want to say this every time we talk about anxiety, uh, depression, or anger. I want to say this, and I hope you'll hear it. There's nothing wrong with the emotion in itself. We all have these emotions. God and Jesus has these emotions. It's what we do with them that counts, and I hope that that will become clear. When the Apostle Paul listed those things that had happened to him in his second letter to the Corinthians, he had been flogged five times, he'd been to prison, he'd been beaten with rods, he'd known hunger and thirst, he had been cold and naked, and then he says, and on top of all that, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now that word concern that he uses there is the same word that he used in Philippians for anxiety. Don't be anxious. Same word. Can mean concern, can mean anxiety. Miriam, no, no, I don't know how to say it. To be anxious, to care, to be concerned. And do you remember, so, so the Apostle Paul experienced anxiety. That's the point I'm making. And uh, Jesus in Gethsemane, uh, facing the crucifixion, his sweat was as drops of blood. And folks, he had good reason to be ang anxious. Does that make sense? Anxiety is normal, natural. God has given us that emotion. It is a product of adrenaline being pumped into our system. I think that's important because later on we'll talk about what we do with our emotion. And so often because we think these things are wrong, we deny them. We suppress them. We don't allow ourselves, give ourselves permission to uh, feel and experience these emotions. So to feel anxious, folks, is natural. It's a God-given emotion. So when there's a threat, adrenaline gets pumped into our system, we have fight-or-flight syndrome, and part of what we experience is that anxiety. It's the way God has made us. The problem comes when we allow that fear to control our behavior. When we stop obeying the Lord because of fear, we stop doing what he's called us to do. When we stop sharing our faith, for example, because we're afraid, we're anxious of what that person might think, what people might think of us. And Jesus, in that Garden of Gethsemane, certainly didn't let his anxiety, his extreme anxiety, stop him from obeying his Father, did he? So I think what the Scripture is saying, do not be anxious about anything, it's saying, when you are anxious... Don't allow that anxiety to take root and grow. Do not go on being anxious, but instead, the scripture says, but, there it is, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
So when you're anxious, don't just let it carry on. Take it to God. You see, there's two extremes, and I've, I've already implied this. There's two extremes in all these negative emotions. On the one hand, we allow these emotions to completely overwhelm us, where they control us. We become that emotion. We become a, a, a depressor, or we become a, a bitter, angry person, or we become such an anxious person. Uh, but on the other hand, that's when the emotion controls us. But on the other hand, because sometimes we believe these things are wrong as Christians, we suppress them. We don't allow ourselves to experience them, and we become judgmental of others who might be uh, experiencing that emotion. But there is a place in the middle, which is acknowledging that we have this emotion. Let's talk about anxiety today. And we express that anxiety. We take it to the Lord in prayer and in petition. So instead of allowing this worry to gnaw away inside of us, we take it to the Lord. Because of our belief that these things are wrong sometimes, we will put on that happy Christian face, and inside of us will gnaw away this fear and this anxiety, and that's what makes us sick. Many of you will remember Nick Burtonshaw, who was the uh, pastor at Bible Baptist Church, and um, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but um, he told a story. He was leading a party through... Uh, somewhere in Mana Pools, and they came through this bush into a clearing, and on the other side of the clearing was a group of lions. And he knew, don't run from a lion. His head was saying, don't run, don't run. He said his legs were saying something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the thing is this, is that when we run, that that fear, that anxiety is like the lie. When we run, when we try to avoid the, the, what we're anxious of, the fear grows. It chases us, just like the lion does. So it's not the answer to avoid those issues, to avoid those things that make us anxious. That's what happens. Anxi anxious, anxiety, and avoidance go together, and we stop doing those things that we're anxious about. The answer is to deal with it by facing it, feeling it. This is what I'm feeling. But not just doing that, going to the Lord with it, saying, Lord, here it is. This is what I'm worried about. So it's important to acknowledge the anxiety and then, elsewhere as the scripture says, cast your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You see, you can't cast on him what you don't have. Does that make sense? So it's not true to say we, sh we never get anxious. We do. It's what we do with it. And so what the scripture is saying is that when we're anxious, then we need to make that worry time a prayer time. Does that make sense? You come before the Lord and say, Lord, these are the things that concern me. These are the things that worry me. These are the things that cause me anxiety. And I know you're with me, Lord. And I know who you are. And so I want to present these things, these requests and these petitions to you. Does that make sense? But once you've done that, leave it there. You see, it's not wrong to be anxious. But it is wrong to continue to be anxious. You've got to let it go. And it says, present these requests to God with thanksgiving. And we're thanking God 
Thank you, Father, that you've heard my prayer. Thank you that you are who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to intervene. I don't know how, but I know that you're going to intervene. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to use this situation for my good. You know, the Lord is just so amazing because I, as I've been preparing this, this message, the Lord has been doing a work in me, and I thank him for that because I've been reading through Romans, and I've got to that that peak uh, scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, that just brilliant chapter. And Paul talks about the fact that we have troubles and they are not worth the glory that will be ours. Uh, and he talks about the, the, the earth decaying and the problems that we have in this world. And then you know that scripture that I'm going to come to. And he says, all things work to the good of them that love God. And what he's saying is the context of that is troubles. The context of that is those troubles that we have in this world. And what Paul is saying, you know what, it doesn't matter what it is. God's going to use that for your good. So hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that what this thing is, which I don't want. <laughs> I really don't want it. But I know you're going to use it for my good. Isn't that amazing? And he'll do that for you. He'll do that for you. So that's why I can thank him. Lord, I'm bringing you this petition. I'm bringing you this request. But I'm doing it with thanksgiving. Because I know you've heard me, and I know you're going to do something, but more than that, I know you're doing something in me. You're going to work this for good. And so once you've presented your request to God by prayer and petition, and you've thanked him, that thanksgiving is a way of expressing faith, if you like. So important that you then leave that burden there. You give yourself permission to worry, if you like, until you've laid it at his feet. And then leave it there. Don't try and pick it up again. So leave those cares and those worries and those anxieties at his feet. And I'd like us to do that as we draw this thing to a close. And thank him that he's heard. And as we do this, as we lay these burdens at Jesus' feet, remember his promises. His promises that he clothes the flowers of the field and he feeds the birds of the air. And how much more does he care about you than he cares about the flowers and the birds? That's you. He knows. And so he's, he's giving us those promises. Remember those promises as you leave those burdens at his feet. And then he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Because we've got enough to worry about today. Is that right? So as you bring those burdens to him, remember the words of Jesus. There's so much, there's enough to worry about for today. It was Mark Twain. He says, I'm an old man and I have known a great many troubles. But most of them have never happened. <laughs> Isn't that true? We worry and fret about things that might happen and they never do. And Stanley Jones says, worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. So as we do this, folks, what's the result? Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, that gift of God that he promised, trans that transcends all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make sense. We should be worried about this, but you know what? We don't because we know that God's got it. That peace, that's the gift that becomes ours. And we know that, that that's the peace that says, well, guard our hearts and minds. That word God is like a sentry that stands at the entrance of our heart and our minds and says, no, no, you know, we've given that away. We've, we've given that to the Lord. No, no place for it now in our heart and our mind. 
And so, in essence, if I want to sum up everything that I'm saying this morning is this, is that we need to change from being a warrior with an O, because to worry is an action as well as an emotion, to a warrior with an A. Does that make sense? And you say, well, how can I do that? How on earth can I do that? And true, I don't think we can without God's help. And so we need his divine powers. That scripture in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says we have, the, we have divine power that will help us to demolish strongholds and then we're able to take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so to know this peace, to know this peace that passes understanding, to know this peace that is in the midst of a storm, what the scripture is saying to us is make sure that your focus is on him. Rejoice in him. Don't ever stop rejoicing in him. And as you do that, then bring your concerns, bring your anxieties, bring your burdens, and lay them at his feet. And receive that peace for yourself. Corky was saying earlier about us bringing our burdens to church, and I want us to do something now um, in the in the uh, counseling centre prayer garden. I don't know if you've been there. By the way, it's o available for anyone who wants to go use that space. Lovely space that my wife developed. Beautiful piece of the garden, and in the in the corner of that prayer garden is a cross. And quite often we'd go with clients counselees and just go and kneel before that cross not the cross itself that just represents the presence of God and it's there and we go and lay burdens at his feet so you can go there if you want to but what I'm suggesting is that we do we've got a cross here that we now want us to do it right now to take some time to acknowledge God's presence because he is he's right here and rejoice in him and then I want us to take our concerns, the concerns that come to mind right now, and I want to give us opportunity to lay them at his feet. Will you do that? So let's pray. Um, I want to just be quiet for a moment uh, because I want to give you time to think about what the things are that you're concerned about, the things are that cause you anxiety. And then... I'm going to ask, I'm going to lead us in prayer, and if you want to get on your knees, please feel free to do that. If you want to stand, please feel free to do that. If you want to just remain seated, that's also fine. Whatever you'd like to do, it's between you and the Lord. It's between you and him who is standing here. Cast your burdens on him because he cares for you. Let's pray. So just in the quietness of our hearts, let's think about those things that are particularly concerning to us right now. Almighty Father, so folks, I want to, I'm, I'm going to lead us in prayer, but if you want to get on your knees, you want to stand, you want to do whatever you can, whatever you is right for you, you do that. But whatever, let's come before him. Don't think about anyone else around about us, just know that God our Father 
And the Lord Jesus Christ is right here with us. And he's the one standing in front of us. And so we come to you, our Father. You, Lord, who did not spare your own son, but along with him, how much will you give us all things? We know, Father God, that you are love. And it's that love that casts out fear. And so we come to you, Lord. We pray that we would know who you are. We pray that we would experience in our hearts that unfailing love that you have for us. We don't deserve it, Lord. We know that. But you love us nevertheless. And because of who you are, and because you're a loving God, and because you're a God who cares for us, we come now to lay our requests before you. Just in the quietness of your heart, lay these concerns, these anxieties, these burdens at his feet. Father God, thank you so much for your amazing love for us. Demonstrated by sending your son to us. Thank you, Jesus, that you were prepared to go to the cross on our behalf. What amazing love. Even though we are sinners, even though while we are yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly for us. Lord, how much more will you look after these things that we're bringing you now? We give them to you. And we thank you that you've heard us. We thank you that you are the Lord who is going to take that burden. We're giving it to you. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to work out your purposes. You're going to work all things for our good as we love you. Thank you for that. And now, Lord, we, we leave these things. As we leave this place, we leave these concerns at your feet. Just look forward to see what you're going to be doing in the situation, but also in us. Thank you, Lord. We pray these things, Lord, in your name. Amen. And so I hope as you leave, you are going to do that. You're going to leave those anxieties uh, at the feet of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Corky.